happy Sunday to you. Welcome into Sports Wrap. Uh, we, we got another jam-packed show, and and no surprise because we've got some pretty notable things happening in Detroit sports over the last couple of days. And and I, I, there is a Tiger topic that I want to get to. We'll talk about it about uh, I don't know the second half of the show because Alavila with Alavila gone, there are questions I think that sh- should be fairly asked about the resources that players have. Well, Robbie Grossman, who was dealt at the trade deadline to Atlanta, had some interesting things to say in an athletic article about how he's been able to hit the ball since going down south. He's been hitting it a lot better. Spoiler alert. Um, and and he credits a lot of the, the technology and the, and, and the way that they address hitting in the organization, something that obviously the Tigers haven't done. So we'll talk about that. I also want to get your thoughts on the Lions because, look, I, I, I really don't put any stock into wins and losses in, in the preseason. But I do put some stock into player performances and, and specifically guys that are on the fringe. So I, I want to get your thoughts on where you're at with this team and, and p- potentially your outlook and, and where you think this team stacks up in the division in the con, like how you think they are going to fare this season. So we'll do that um, uh, coming up at about six eighteen as well. But first um, I-, I thought it would be best to get a- a- an expert opinion on, on the Lions through two preseason games. Uh, Lomas Brown, of course, the color analyst for the Detroit Lions radio network uh, joins us this evening on sports rap low. What's up? Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm living, man. It's good to talk with you and hear your voice. Um, Absolutely. I, 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 I look. So you've been in the booth the last couple of weeks, and and as you scour the field and you look at guys, obviously you know what Aiden Hutchinson's going to be able to bring to the table. Um, and there's a lot of of learning that's going that's going on right now in training camp with with a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but there are a lot of players on this team with an inflated roster, as we see in preseason. Um, that, that there are a lot of guys trying to make this team. And, and I'm, I'm interested to know what your thoughts have been from some of the more fringe guys um, over the last couple of games and, and, and how you think those, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth line guys have performed. Well, uh, first of all, I think the team has played hard. I think, you know, uh, Coach Campbell said that when they went down to Indianapolis for the joint practices that, you know, he felt that the first day they weren't there, but the second day they really turned it up. And I felt that it carried over into the game. I mean, I really thought that the, both lines of scrimmages, the offensive line and the defensive line dominated. And you're talking about an Indianapolis team. Yeah, no starters there, but it's still the mentality and what's being taught, the plays, the scheme, all that's basically the same. It's just not the players there. But you look at how they performed against Indianapolis, and you have to be, again, hoping and hoping that they're taking the right steps, going the right way. Um, a lot of competition, as you know, uh, mm-hmm. with some of the players. You know, you want to see what Jeff Okuda is going to do. You know, he's a big question mark right now. It's a couple of other big question marks that we had to do on the defensive side of the ball with the linebackers and maybe even some depth on the defensive line. So, you know, they know it's a work in progress, but it's good for them to get a win. I don't care when it is. When you win 
watching a game in the NFL, period, preseason <laughs> or not, it feels good. I, it, it, Lo, you have to excuse me, and, and I'm going to have to plead ignorance here because I don't know when they started doing these these inter squad practices. I don't think it's been that long. I don't think you went through any of these. Oh, yeah. How valuable! Yeah, Chris, I, I oh, you them. did. Okay. I went through them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. They were fashionable back in the '80s and '90s. <laughs> uh, much like uh, you know, MC Hammer pants that I, I think should make a return. Uh, it, uh, how valuable are those practices? Because obviously, you go against your own team every day, and you kind of know the tendencies. And and I, I, you know, I think there's a there's a different element when you introduce another team. How how valuable are those practices? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised to hear a lot of the players say that they don't feel like it's valuable, but. For me, man, they were very valuable. I mean, again, you take it to another level. Your nervous, your nervousness is up a lot higher. You know, like you say, it's the unknown because you don't know what this guy's going to do against you because you hadn't gone against them like you've been going against your other guys. So it's always, to me, it's always been great to see how other guys are treated, to see how even the other teams condition. You know, different things like that. Learn from the other players there. It could be an all-pro, uh, another all-pro tackle there. And if I'm an offensive tackle, I'm gonna try to watch him any and every chance that I get. I'm gonna try to yeah. pick his brain when I get an opportunity. So there's a lot of advantages of going against other teams, and I always like it because it broke up that that you know routine. Yeah. And how how valuable is it for a guy like Dan Campbell, who's only in his second year as a as a real head coach and, and his second year with this team, going up against a guy like Frank Reich, who's been there for five years, he's been a head coach, Again. he's he's yep, he's worked these things, thing. it, it, yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Communication with your other coaches, and you're right about that. But Dan seems to be doing a wonderful job, as you can mm-hmm. see with hard knocks, with the energy of his coaching staff, and I think he has an advantage. Just because we have all these ex-players as coaches on our staff, I think that actually put Dan in the advantage compared to a lot of other coaches in this league. By the way, I heard you big time in us on uh, on Hard Knocks. You're, 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 Lomas Brown is a voice now. I mean, this guy is <laughs> this guy is putting all of us little media members to shame. I hear you on Hard Knocks. Hey, Lo, Lo uh, it looks like to me um, again that this roster is is a work in progress. And I think as, as much work that has been done through the draft and, and even acquiring some free agents, th- th- this roster still needs a lot of work, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. It, from, from my 10,000 foot view though, this offense um, feels like it's in a place where not only are they going to be able to carry the defense at times, um, but, but they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage. They're going to be able to put points on the board how how valuable is that, especially early on when you've got a, a much better receiving room than you did going into last year? Your offensive line again. Let's uh, let's assume that everybody stays healthy, but injuries happen. Um, but everything here seems to be on the up and up for this offense. How important is it for them to to I guess set the tone early on when the season begins? That was the most important words. Set the tone, and I think that's what our offensive line will do. This whole season, that's what we're expecting them to do this whole season because they know if they set the tone, they know everything else can run through them, the run game. 
play action, anything that you want to run, your screen game, you know, anything that you want to do, even if you want to take shots downfield, if you dominate up front, that's you. all that is open. Your playbook is wide open, and they know that. I think those guys as a group know that. And that, and like you said earlier, that all that's going to do is make our defense look better. You'll be surprised statistically and everything else how much better the defense or be if we could dominate that way up on the offensive line. So that's what I'm expecting this year. I think those guys are expecting that of themselves this year. I know they are. I'm not going to say I guess. I know they're expecting that of themselves this year. And it will be exciting to watch and see just what happens and just how far they can carry this team this year. Low, I'm bullish on this team. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be a much different, much better, more fundamentally sound team than they were even last year. I know Fanduel's got them at six and a half as the over under. I'm taking the over. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to take the over too. I mean, again, it's a work in progress. I hate putting numbers on it, but <laughs> I mean, even if they did get six, that's doubling up what they did last yeah. year, which I yeah. know. You know, that doesn't look good, 6-11. and 11. So, I'm taking the over on that, too. So, it, uh, again, it's going to all depend, though, on how they come together. And, again, good things, turnovers, you know, penalties, mm-hmm. those things you just can't have, you know, if you're a team like the Lions because every play matters. Every play matters when you're, you know, you're a team trying to, uh, trying to get your way up. Lo, can we break bread again soon, please? Can we do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. All right. You'll not ask twice about that. Uh, I appreciate you, Lo. Hey, hey, uh, have a wonderful season if I don't talk to you before then, uh, but let's get together soon, all right? Absolutely, Chris. Take care. All right, there he is, the one and only Lomas Brown. Always appreciate the time and insight from, from another big man uh, who's been in the trenches. So, uh, look, I think when, when Lomas Brown says this offensive line is going to set the tone, they're going to be the – they're going to be the engine that really makes this thing move. Uh, you got to put some stock in that. There's no doubt. Um, so now I want to know where you're at. Because, look, I don't know if it's hard knocks. I don't know if it's Dan, Dan Campbell. I don't, I don't know what it is. But there's something in that Kool-Aid that I just, I'm into. I'm drinking it up. And I haven't felt that way in a while. 800-859-0957. We'll talk about that more. Sports Wrap continues right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Uh, look, I, I am you. You are me. All we want is to see, look, look, and as much uh, as Tigers fans as we are and Red Wing fans and Pistons fans, it's been said countless times. If the, if the Lions ever win a Super Bowl, I mean, it's going to be mayhem. It's going to be absolute madness. All right. So I go off the basis of that's what we all want. And yes, I would just like to win a playoff game. I'd like to win a division title. I just anything, anything that is of value, of substance. That's what I want for this organization, for this team. And and I will say, I think with the 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 addition of hard knocks this offseason, we get a much different look into this team, into this organization, into the players, into the coaching staff. All right, it, it, it's just the way it is. This is information that we don't have every year. But I don't know what it is exactly because I can be, I can be unbiased 
in almost everything in my life. I can be unbiased when I watch politics. I can be unbiased when I watch sports. And when I when I watch hard knocks, I don't I don't always care about what people are saying. It doesn't matter to me. You know, Jamal Williams talking, giving an, an impassioned speech uh, about why guys need to practice better. It's nice, but that's not it, it's not substantive. We need more. We need to see it week in and week out. It's a nice clip, and I appreciate that there are emotional, vocal leaders on the team willing to take on that role and be that guy for the roster. But I can't help but think that some of what we're seeing plays into where I'm at with this team. I can't help but but think that, you know, with the with the addition of DJ Shark and, and Amon Ross St. Brown coming the way he has. You know, obviously guys like Khalif Raymond, who has played really good football over the last 18 months. You know, they're, 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 it's a different receiver room. DeAndre Swift, you know, you hear guys talk about he has the ability to be the best running back in the NFL. He's got that ability. So when you hear and you see and you trust your eyes that there are real playmakers on this team, it, it, it you can't help but be excited. And for all those people that, ah, oh, we're Lions free and I'm not a lion, but baloney. You can't not be excited for this team. You can't live in the city, be a sports fan, and not be excited. Now, not to say that two things can't be true at the same time. We can also recognize that this organization has been a mess for many, many years. So it can be difficult for people to wade through the mess and the garbage and all the, the nonsense that we've had to put up through, put up with as Lions fans throughout the decades to try to see the good that could be happening. So for me, when I ask Lomas Brown about the over-under on wins, I know he doesn't like to put a number on it, and he shouldn't. But I look at that, and I say, that's a nice barometer. And he's right. You get the six, you double your win total from last year, and away you go. And most people aren't going to be excited about that, but there is progress. And in the NFL, it can be really difficult to, to, to take four steps forward. It's much more likely that you're going to take a step forward, two steps forward, one step back, that whole thing. But I'm very bullish on this team. And, and again, I think the offense... And let's again, let's operate on the assumption that everybody's healthy. That's not going to be the case, but let's operate under that assumption. This is a this is a good offense. And I told you when when Jared Goff has arguably a top five offensive line in the league, you got weapons now on the outside. You got a, you got a, a, a tight end, probably two, which is what you need, and you got a couple of running backs that can get you positive yards. And then you've got DeAndre Swift. Like those things are, you can't, you, you don't have to put on your Honolulu blue and silver glasses to recognize that that's a real offense. We need to see Jared Goff air it out a little bit, right? I told you I'm done with check down city. When, when they drafted Jamison Williams, who's not going to be playing, but when he gets back, I'm done with check down city. I don't want to see five yard, you know, underneath the coverage throws anymore. You've got weapons. Use them. 
Ben Johnson, I think the way that he called that first drive last week, good, positive things, mixing it up, keeping defenses off balance. It's what you want to see. Defensively, they've got issues. They've got, they've got question marks. They've got linebacking questions. They've got questions at cornerback. They've got questions at one of the safety spots. Interior on the defensive line, how good can those guys be? Are they going to take another step forward? Those are a lot of questions. I have a lot less questions about the offense. I want to where you're at. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Jason, where are you at with this team? I know you're a Cowboy fan. I want you to put all that aside. Where are you at with this team? Uh, I, I am, uh, hold on. I'm uh, quickly, uh, put, I'm completing the purchase of my Tom Kennedy jersey as all we right, speak. Good. You know, Very oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. You know, um, it's, you know, like we always say, it's tough to gauge, uh, you know, during the preseason. But I think, that, you know, especially with a game like yesterday, uh, yeah, these are second stringers, but it's a testament to the coaching staff. And I think, uh, you know, with how well they, they've run the ball, the offensive line, that's a testament to the coaching. I know a lot of guys, uh, those guys won't be here, you know, when it's all said and done. But I think, you know, I think where I'm at with them is, you know, I, I think they're going to be 7-10. and 10. When I went through the schedule and looked, mm-hmm. I think 7-10. and 10. Um, if they if they stay healthy, they they can definitely put up some points. Now, like I said last week, is the defense going to be good? You know, better uh, at stopping people. You know, uh, that remains to be seen. But they're definitely they're definitely going to put up some more points this year than than they did last year. I think, and they're going to be exciting to watch. Seven and ten. I I think that's a good number. Um, we got Greg on the line still. Yes. All we right. Do. Let's go to let's go to Greg. Greg in Shelby Township. What up, Greg? Hey, C-Note, uh, Jason, Mr. Positive. Hey, that was a great interview with LB. Uh, real quick, I want to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm with you. Uh, we have a great coaching staff, very, uh, uh, very um, great people that have proved themselves. But here's the dilemma, and I think the chemistry is there with uh, Campbell. But why didn't we, in the off season? and I think you and I and Jason would concur, that why didn't we do something more with the defensive line? Because, like you said, the offensive line is arguably the top five. But why didn't we go do something more uh, vigorous with the defensive line, knowing well, that look, that they, was they, they, they addressed it in the draft. They took Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, Hutchinson. They took Josh Pascal. They took Josh okay. Pascal in the second round. So those are your your ends. Aiden's going to flip around. He's going to play outside. He's going to play inside. Pascal can do the same. You've got guys like Aleem McNeil, who who they are really high on. They went and got a couple of guys, but again, I think there's only so much you can do. And I don't, I don't think this team. I, I think this front office staff, headed up by Brad okay. Holmes, knows that they are not a defensive tackle away. So going out in free agency and going out and getting the best defensive tackle on the board, it's it's it, it's it's not going to fix every hole. Now, again, you can make the argument that if you've got a dominant defensive line, that right. that it makes the, the the other levels of your defense better, and that's true. But you're also you just took two rookie defensive ends in the draft, so let, you you, you got to operate under the assumption that there's going to be a learning curve, and and I think you just try to get better. You try to find guys that will fit your system. And and get better, and I think that's what so they've Chris, done. They, they they have addressed the defensive line over the last two years in the draft. Chris, real quick, 
how far do you think we're out from winning a playoff game? Do you think it will happen this year, or are we looking maybe two, no. three years down the road? No, you're you're a couple years away still. Like the, the, I, I think oh, they came in, they said depressing. this is a five year process. I look, I, okay. I, I as excited as I am for this team, I think there we Me have too. to be a little realistic. We got to be a little realistic. Okay. And Very and seven start. wins is is good. Eight wins is better. If you're in that range, oh my goodness, look out. Um, okay. But uh, with all that said, and Greg, I appreciate the call. Thank you. With all that being said, um, Jason, is it fair to say that this division is probably the worst in football? Yes. This division stinks. Mm-hmm. Stinks. Normally, um, I'd say the got... NFC East, but no, it's definitely no, this one. <laughs> no, 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 no. The East no, is looking no. a little better. No, no, young Jason. <laughs> this division stinks. You've got Justin Fields out there. I know we got to go to break, but you got Justin Fields out there talking about how none of his receivers would have broken the sixth line at Ohio State. <laughs> right. He said that <laughs> to a reporter. I don't I still don't know who Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball to. I mean, th- this division stinks. I mean, I I, I look, they're not oh, they, this division is no good. So is it possible that somehow they catch lightning in a bottle? Sure. But don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. I think we need to be realistic. We can be excited. We can we can expect good things to happen. This is not a double-digit win team. In my mind, if if at the end of the year and we want to autopsy this thing and you want to call and call me a nut, fine. I just don't see that. But if they double, add a couple of wins onto that, from their win total last year. That's a good thing. That's that is progress in the right direction. 800-859-0957. Tiger Talk next right here on Sports Wrap. So it's been pretty obvious that something is wrong with this Tiger team. And you know, I think you look around baseball and and you see teams like the Houston Astros. Ooh, ha, ha, yeah, you know, cheating, trash cans, the whole thing. But the Astros were able to, in the span of, what, six, seven years, completely turn that franchise around. They were in the doldrums, really. They were kind of a, 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 a you know, a floor mat. You just walked in, one, two, a three, one, three, a three, and out. Or you hosted them, you beat up on them. And away you went. But in the span of six, seven years before they won their World Series, completely turned the franchise around. And you're you're, you're talking about not only finding MLB caliber players, but finding all-star MLB caliber players. And then building up your farm system to be one of the top farms in, in Major League Baseball. In six years, seven years. That is no easy feat. And I think that is what's most frustrating about this organization and where we're at now. Because after a seven-year rebuild, and after being told this year that the rebuild is over, we're on the up and up, we're not selling, we're buying, and then this is the output, well, it's frustrating. And, And something that has taken over baseball over the last decade has been advanced analytics. Advanced analytics. And analytics to the point where they're able to identify and track 
damn near everything that happens on the baseball diamond. And it's so beneficial. And you may think, geez, go out there and hit the ball. Go out there and hit the ball. Go out there and hit the ball into the into left center. Take your base. Hit for power, whatever it is. You may think it's that easy. I mean, it's not because players have gotten better. Pitchers have gotten better. Catchers have become more savvy. They're able to call a game better. Fielding has gotten better. Players are just different than they were even 10 years ago on a, on a much grander scale. And, and I think that what we have seen, and, and I don't, I don't claim that the Detroit Tigers and the organization have completely thumbed their nose to analytics because I don't think that's true. They've adopted quite a bit, but even going back to like near the end of Jim Leland, um, it just wasn't as big a part of the organization as it was in other places. And I think we're seeing kind of the, the ramifications of that now. And you look at somebody like Robbie Grossman, who was traded to the Atlanta Braves earlier this month at the trade deadline. Um, 320 plate appearances with the Tigers this season. Um, in his first two, in his first 30 plate appearances with the Braves, two home runs. And there was a really interesting article this week in The Athletic um, where Grossman credited uh, Braves hitting coach Kevin Seitzer um, and the, the work of the Atlanta, uh, the organization's analytical department, and they spotted flaws in his swing. And they were comparing what he was doing this year to what he was doing last year. Um, he told the athletics, David O'Brien, they were very open when they got me here. First day I got here, they kind of set me down and said, here's the difference we saw in your swings from last year or, or, or this year and the two previous years. Here's what we think you should do. He said, we got to work. We hit the ground running with it. And I feel a lot more normal now. Um, 826 OPS in 2020. Of course, that was the COVID shortened season. Um, had 23 home runs, 67 RBI, and a 770 OPS in 2021. Um, although it, it, this year was completely different. 595 OPS, two homers, 23 RBI. I mean, he really just wasn't it wasn't performing. And, and, and the, the bitter pill that Tigers fans need to swallow now is that Robbie Grossman is, is basically saying that Detroit didn't do their part to help me. The Tigers, they don't have the equipment. They don't have the, the, the wherewithal, the knowledge to make that adjustment. Can I, can I throw and this that, in there too? Absolutely. It's frustrating. It is a Tiger fan. Absolutely. And now you go, well, what's happening to Javier Baez now that mm-hmm. he's here? Now, I know there's some of uh, sometimes you go, well, a new team, sometimes you struggle. Francisco Landoro did it last year in New York. Now he's sure. doing well. But um, 11 homers, 45 RBIs, 220 batting average for a guy um, that's supposed to be a superstar for you. And then you hear what's this come out with Robbie Grossman makes you think. Oh, totally. I mean, look, the, the, the thing with Javier Baez has always been, he can hit for power, 
Um, he's got a wonderful glove in the field, but he strikes out a ton. Right? That that was the that was the notes on Javier Baez coming in. And unfortunately, um for us, it, it feels like there just isn't enough there. There isn't enough um there isn't enough expertise or resources for the players. And AJ Hinch has pretty much said it to Chris McCoskey uh in the Detroit News. Uh, Hinch said, I think we need to take a look at how we can expand our resources for players, the people, the influences from above, meaning the front office and in the clubhouse. Um, he says, as we look at the unknowns moving forward, that's a big one, making sure we have resources for the players that can bring the most out of them upstairs. And quite honestly, or excuse me, downstairs, uh, meaning he and his staff and quite honestly, upstairs, but we can get a lot better. We can address it at the end of the season when we get new leadership. Um, the vision of the new GM will obviously include a lot of these things in in not only how they look at the team and attack the team, but, but how the organization then picks the new general manager. Uh, he said, it's not as if we're devoid of things, but I think we can look at ourselves in the mirror and know we've got to get better. And, 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 and look, I, I think part of this too AJ Hinch came in and provided a shot of the arm last year. Came in and said, look, if you're not good enough, you're not going to play here. Period. End of story. And we will create a winning culture. Well, when you win, winning helps. Winning helps. You can very quickly forget about the past and any of the losing ways. Heck, look at the, 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 the two halves of last season. Struggled in the first half. Post-All-Star break, they were the hottest team in baseball. And, and they really, I think, carry that mantle and carry that torch of if you're not good enough, you're not going to play here. We want to be here. We're going to do our darndest to be good enough. And this year, conversely, on the other side of the coin, you're seeing a situation where losing begets more losing. And they never were able to find a groove. They never were able to find any traction. The wheels just keep spinning. And so, unfortunately, it sounds like they just don't have enough infrastructure in place in the advanced analytic department where not only is this team not competitive, not only is this team not fielding all-star caliber players, but, you know, with all due respect to the Jackson Jobs of the world, the farm system isn't much to be thought about either. That is the problem that we're in now. And all of those teams that adopted the analytics early and, and went in with it head on and took it on early and realized the importance and the things that you can do, i.e. Robbie Grossman, you're starting to see where you fall behind. You're starting to see the shortcomings of organizations that, that just didn't take that approach. Unfortunately, the Tigers are one of them. And you know, look, there are a lot of things that that happened this year that just spiraled out of control. Eduardo Rodriguez, that whole situation. You've got guys, you've got, you, 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 essentially, your top three pitchers missed gigantic chunks of the season. So it's a problem. And now Terry Scubel may not be back next year. Right, right. Either, so that's I mean, there are there are problems here. 
and and with all of the excitement that that this thing this rebuild wasn't over or, or, or was over um and we were on the upswing it certainly doesn't feel that way at this point it's a shame um all right we got to take a break coming up on the other side we're going to talk to our friends at spin on golf is this the last spin on golf of the season this is the last one yes <sighs> you know that stinks that's a bummer oh that's a bummer well i guess i'll just have to go see jordan young for uh and in, in BC and Mike Faye for some extra lessons. That's that's what that tells me. Um, all right, spin on golf next. We'll get you updated on the BMW. What happened there? Patrick Cantley with the dub. Uh, all that and more as we continue on sports rep right here on WJR. BC, am I one of the acceptable media members in this town? You're okay. <laughs> am I am I okay? You're okay. What do you I like in you? your mouth? That's right. a joint. <laughs> 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 It's a free country, isn't it? <laughs> oh, tonight's going to be good. I'm all fired up, baby. Look at, look at him. Look at him. We just did our hosting. Oh, look at him. He can't take it. Oh, my goodness. It doesn't help that BC took an edible on half an hour. Ago. That, it's, that looks yeah. like a cigar. It doesn't look like a joint. You're going to roll him. Roll him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> put that back in his home for a while because I, okay. I haven't got an okay from Marsro yet. That looks like an EpiPen container. Well, it does about the same effect. It saves your life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, How many more minutes we got? Yeah. Um, you got a, uh, an hour and nine Perfect. minutes. Perfect. Oh, my goodness. Can't wait till the show is two Hi, hours. Hi, Chris. What up? How we doing? Hey, Chris, how you doing? How we doing? How we doing? Oh, good. Are um, we in there? Uh, yeah, we're on the yeah. air. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, good. I'm glad yeah. we got that covered. Yeah. yeah. We're on the air. Thumbs up to y'all. How you doing? Yeah. Um, uh, Patrick Hanley gets it done today out at the BMW. BMW. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The LIV didn't play today, so I don't know what's going on. Oh, 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 here God. we Can't, go. Is Cantley going to go back to back or what? No shuffle. Oh man. Scotty shuffle. Okay. Cantley wins. He shows up at the end of the year. Just yeah. like last year. All you got to do is it's like the hockey playoffs. You play good at the end of the year. You win. Right? Same thing. You got to know when to yeah, pick. That's, right? that's all yeah, it is. That's all it is. It's that's no all game. it is. I don't even, why do you even watch the, the, the regular season? It doesn't matter. Scotty Scheffler, right. third place. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. He's starting at 10 under next week. After. <clears throat> that, uh, I just don't like that format. It's just pathetic. But it's kind of goofy. It's the PGA Tour. It's all they can think of. It's yeah. okay. I don't <laughs> Here we go. It's all right. Um, sources. Sources. Sources say. There are sources, Chris. <laughs> sources say. Um, Speaking of sources, um, Tiger Woods uh, spoke with a, a bunch of uh, one of the, the, the big, bigger tour players this week. And this is, we didn't even get into this. Um, I was too busy drinking the, the Lions Kool-Aid and uh, unfortunately I got a rip on the Tigers a little bit. Wait a minute. They won again today. Come on. Give them a. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, what 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 do you think the impact of what Tiger Woods has to say is to these players? Because look, I, I there's no doubt that that there are a handful of players. Can I do this? That just that just aren't going to live, right? Like Tiger isn't going to live. Rory isn't going to live. JT isn't going to live. 
Don't say they won't. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to, I, well, I got to put myself out here a little bit. So I'm going to say they're not going. They're just not going. Um, drinking the PGA Tour Kool Aid that they're not going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Tiger goes and talks to these guys. And, and basically, this is the rallying cry for, for prohibit, for, for, for trying to stop the leaks of big time players going to live. What, what, first of all, what do you think the, I guess, um, uh, Mike, I'd love to get your take on this. What, what do you think the, the impact? Yeah, Mike, Mike's here. Mike, Mike's here. <laughs> Mike's here. Mike. I am here. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think? How much weight does that hold for these guys? I mean, look, Tiger, it's just not very good anymore, but still Tiger Woods. What, what does that mean for them? No, oh, he, it's, he's the symbol that they all try and be like, right? I think they would respect everything he has to say, don't you think? I mean, you have to look at it a couple different ways. Jordan, you brought up what beginning of the year when this started happening about John Rahm making what seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. And you look at other sports across the board, and these guys just don't get paid like those other guys do. Not like Tiger. No, not even close. Well, not even like anybody else. The whole goal here, I believe, is. It's got to change the landscape in the long term, whether it's going to be two years, three years, four years from now. Somehow these these two tour, tours will coexist or if they're tours or whatever they are, they're going to get better. Liv's got to get a better product out there, I think. I like what they're doing. They're pushing the needle for the PGA Tour and they're stretching, they're stretching things. But we're not where we need to be right now, no. and we're going to be where we probably need to be in three years. Hopefully. Can I, hopefully. Can I throw a different angle out yeah. there? Mm-hmm. If I'm a younger player on the tour, you know what I might be saying to myself? Hey, Tiger, where you been the last few years? Yep. Where have you been? Where have you been? Where 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 you been? You made your money. You have made your money for 20 years. You have basically created an island around yourself. Now, recently, towards the end of his career, he seems to be more gregarious and chatting mm-hmm. with the boys and all that stuff. But... That Chris, to be honest with you, that was the first thought that popped in my brain. Yep. Well, was, but, wait, wait a second, Tiger. You, you have ten gazillion million dollars. I'm a young kid. I've been grinding. I couldn't come to you for advice. You were unapproachable. Well, now all of a sudden you're playing the role of the alpha dog. Just a differing opinion. But I mean, Tiger, I, it might be a little agitated it is but, odd but, that they're trying to have him maybe save the day or whatever it's going to be i don't know i mean but again tiger made all of his money through endorsements i mean he's jordan right he created an entire brand and so when when dj goes out and signs a 200 million dollar deal with live and already has now made more money playing golf or through a golf contract than tiger Woods has, has made actually on the golf course that's mm-hmm. and that's and that's what i'm saying if i'm a young player and they come knocking on my door Guess what? You know, let me let me quote one of the richest men in the history of mankind, Ted DiBiase. Everyone has their price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's yeah. put this. Let's put it this way: they they're independent contractors and are allowed not allowed to use their name, image, and likeness on the PGA Tour to profit. Only the PGA yeah. Tour can. Okay, I've said enough. Tiger, buzz off. Oh, Whatever. just buzz off. He I was going to say I was going to miss you guys, but man, I am going <laughs> to miss you guys. Hey. <laughs> Hey we're, hey, we're all independent contractors. We can come on whenever you want. That's uh, right. BC's got a pre-roll, uh, and and uh, spin on golf is coming your way next. See Guys, ya. have a nice uh, last show for the year. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Thank you, Chris.
All right, that's going to do it for Sports Wrap tonight. Have yourself a wonderful week. Catch you next Sunday right here on WJR. Have a good week.